Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. You're listening to WQYLDB Waukesha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flinnard. Your choice for business talk. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Welcome to Enterprise Now on WQYLDB Radio. I am your host, LZ Flinnard, and we have a wonderful show for you tonight. We have Alexa Alfaro from Meet on the Street with us tonight, and she has a ton of knowledge and wisdom that she's going to share with our listeners tonight. But before we get into the interview, I want to tell you a little bit about what what QIL has going on this weekend. We have the first annual WQYLDB Radio Summer Fun Celebration and Food Drive. We've partnered with Hunger Tax Force to, to hold this food drive. It runs from June 17th all the way to this Friday, August 5th. And the one drop off location is Forever Faded. And that's at 1427 East Racine Avenue here in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And the other drop off location for that is Sunset Popcorn. And that's located on on Sunset Drive here in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And as I said, on Friday, August 5th at 530 p.m., we're going to have the celebration. We're going to have fun. We're going to have food and we're going to have music. So come on out and and celebrate with us. We're actually actually also going to have two dance teams with us. They'll be performing with us for us. uh, Waukesha Extreme Dance Team as well as Liberty Dance Center. So to get right into it, Alexa, um, thank you for being on the show tonight. I appreciate your time. I know that uh, we're going to have a, a wonderful conversation and we're going to learn a lot. So um, thank you again for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited for this opportunity. All right. So let's uh, dive right in. Tell us, a, tell us your story. Where'd you, where'd you get the idea for this, for, for your business? Tell us about your business, where you came from, and, and um, a little bit about um, your journey. Well, Meat on the Street started in late June of 2014. Um, It is a Filipino food truck in the Milwaukee area. We travel all over, most like southeastern Wisconsin. Um, The idea started when I was actually in engineering school. I was doing an internship, and I did um, a sales engineering project over the summer where I had to decide on this company's process if it was making them money or costing them time and money. And I found out it was costing them quite a bit of money. And they were just like, oh, that's cool. Thanks for thanks for doing that. You did a good job. We'll take it to corporate or we'll take it to headquarters in Europe when we have our annual meeting. And I was like, man, I can run a business. It's like you can lose money and still like be like okay with it. So like I started thinking of what my passions were, what jobs I'd really enjoyed doing, and food service industry had always been something I excelled at in sales and talking to people. So I – researched food trucks on a national level and then kind of scaled it down to Wisconsin and then Milwaukee. And I was like, there's no Filipino food. You know, this needs to happen. People had always like come and told us how amazing our food was. And my dad has cooked it for us since we were little. So it was kind of a no brainer at that point in time. Gotcha. Gotcha. So tell us a little bit more about the, the genesis of when you when you got started, right? Um, I heard you mention you were in engineering school. Tell us a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, so 
<laughs> um, so a little background. My mom and dad are both college graduates, um, always pushed for all three of their kids to go to college and graduate with a degree. So entrepreneur, owning your own business was not something that wasn't on the table. It just wasn't um, discussed a whole lot just because they have never done it and don't have experience and going to college had worked for them. So I was um, senior year of engineering school, 22 weeks out from graduating. I told my mom, I'm like, Mom, I want to open up a Filipino food truck. Like, I really think we could do this. And she, you know, I told her my plans and my ideas and what I had researched and all that good stuff. And she, all her response was, was, that's interesting. And looking back, I'm like, oh, thanks for the support, Mom. Way to be, like, my number one cheerleader. And she just kind of laughs about it now because we're, like, in the midst of our third year, so it's different. But she's, like, at first, it was kind of like, oh, boy, this is going to be quite the conversation between um, my dad, who is an engineering degree, and then me, who was supposed to graduate with Don. So I finally, like, worked up the courage, had all my ducks in a row, was going to present. I had bought an LLC for the um, business name and wanted him to take me seriously. So I came, I told him about it. It was, like, a very difficult conversation to even approach my father and, like, be like, Dad, I really don't think engineering in school is for me. I really want to choose this path. I think it's going to make me happy. I think we can do it. Like, will you, like, A, invest in us, and do you believe in me enough to, like, make this happen? My younger brother owns and operates it with me, and at the time he was 20 years old when we opened, and I was 25. So very young um, to be doing that, not really sure of, you know, who we are and where we're going in life, let alone invest in a business. But um, his response was he found a used We Energies truck in, I believe, January and bought it. And then we did custom metal fabrication work on it. So it was really amazing and encouraging and a lifelong dream of his to open um, a food restaurant. We had joked since elementary school that we would open this place called Ray's Place and the slogan would be, yo hungry, yo eat. And all my friends knew about it that um, I've been friends with since middle school. We all would laugh and say how we would all work together and this is what we'd sell and like how fun it would be. And then came full circle to actually his kids doing it and him being a part of it and really helping us and teaching us the recipes and the culture of the food. So it's really interesting to see it kind of how it all played out. Wow. So you mentioned the used We Energy truck. Now, your background was in mechanical engineering? Mechanical, correct. Okay. Now, did you guys do the, the work to the truck? Um, no, we had a place in Franklin um, called V Metals. We had them do it. So I had researched a bunch of different food truck layouts. I, you know, we had come up with like a base menu of what we wanted to sell, picked out the equipment that we thought we would need and that would work best for us. Lots of research on that as well. And then kind of pieced it together from there. And I, one thing I knew I wanted was I wanted a huge window. I wanted something where, because half of the fun of a food truck is that, like, it's a restaurant on wheels. It's done inside. So I wanted people to walk up and be able to see what was going on and almost feel like they were a part of the action, like an open concept kitchen um, of a restaurant is kind of what I was going for. So that was one thing where I was like, no, I want a really big window. I want it to be huge. And we love it to this day, A, because it makes the truck a lot cooler to have a big window, but because it's fun. You know, we get to see everything. People get to see everything. You know, when things are going great or when, you know, Matt and I may be arguing a little, like, they get to be a part of it all. And I think that they find that interesting and they laugh about it because, you know, whenever people give me a look like, oh, things are getting worse in there, I'm like, okay, you work with your family in a 96-year next. Let me know how it goes. And they just laugh and are like, hey, I don't blame you. So it's, it's fun for them to be a part of more of just, more than just, like, eating the food, but to actually be a part of the experience that events we're selling at. Gotcha. So tell me a little bit about that. How is it working with family so closely in a, in a business environment? Um, well, if any listeners out there know, like work in a family owned business, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, first hardest part definitely was to get my parents to switch roles. So it was like role reversal all our lives. They had been our parents, they had been the teachers and we had always been their students and learned from them. And then all of a sudden it was flipped because all of a sudden it was Matt and I running the truck. We're the ones on it consistently um, being at all the events. My dad helps out in the kitchen, but he has his other full-time day job that he doesn't really know what it's like when we're selling at events and neither does my mom. She helps out a little bit more because her schedule's flexible, but to like get them to be on the truck and be like, no, we do it this way. We do it this way for a reason. Like, can you please conform? Was, <laughs> that, was, that, that took quite a few events to get through and, one event, I'm like in the window, like trying to take orders. Matt's on the grill because Matt 
at, in the beginning did grilling and I did a lot of the cashiering. And then my mom was like exploring, so putting the food together and getting it out the window. I can just hear her and Matt like bickering and Matt's like, mom, it's fine. Can you please just do this? Like we have a line of 20 people. This is not the time to like go and change what we're doing. We can talk about this later. And she will like not let it go. And I like <laughs> literally had to stop taking orders and be like, mom, you can either get off the truck or you can just conform and be like a part of this right now. And she has raised me to be independent mm-hmm. and stand on my own two feet and hold my ground. So she's the exact same way. She didn't get off and she didn't really say anything to me. I'm like, why don't you cashier and I'll expo food and we'll just split you up. And ever since that day, that's what it's been. My mom always cashiers at events like 90% of the time when she's on the truck because it just works better for everyone. And she loves to talk to people and she like, she's adorable. She's so supportive and it's wonderful. But yeah, it's been a work in progress for many years. Even to this day, we still sometimes have to be like, okay, Dad, I know that you do it this way, but I'm telling you that it's easier if we do it this way, and mm-hmm. this is why. So, always a learning experience. Gotcha, gotcha. That's that's really cool. So, talk to us a little bit about the you know the the truck itself and um and your menu and um what makes your your food unique. Um. Okay. So the menu, uh, what we sell is we call them sticks. So they're like meat sticks. They're similar to like kebabs and meat. Mm-hmm. They're marinated in a citrus and sweet sauce with hints of crushed pepper. So we cut our meat, marinate it, let it sit, and then we sear it and we grill it. And that's how all of our sticks are all marinated in the same sauce. We sell beef, chicken, or pork. We also have just steamed white rice on the truck. We have like a big, huge, I don't know, what is it? It, cooks, it holds 60 cups of white rice cooked. So it's this big rice cooker. And then we do garlic rice which is pretty popular people love it and they're always like what's the secret ingredient we've now responded with garlic because there's no secret it's just oil um you saute the garlic you add the white rice you you know salt and pepper to taste and there you go that's it and people love it it's delicious and to this day i mean i still eat pork sticks with garlic rice probably nine out of ten times when i'm on the truck just because like that's my favorite that's what i grew up with and then that's what our original menu was starting out. And then we added pancet, which is a traditional Filipino rice noodle dish with um, veggies and seasonings. Ours has carrots, cabbage, celery, and paprika in it. Um, others will have like chicken or shrimp or they'll put hard-boiled eggs over it. So um, it's a very traditional Filipino dish. And we've taken what is called kimchi slaw. So it's fermented cabbage that's been seasoned um, and usually like old school traditional ways you dig a hole in the back and you put the cabbage in there and you let it sit and ferment. Um, we don't do that because a, we don't like how it tastes and it smells in my opinion. So we just take raw green and red cabbage, carrots and onions, and we toss it in a sriracha, honey, soy sauce, lime juice, and oil sauce. So it gives a little bit of spice factor there. And we've like taken the kimchi idea and made it a little more American so that more people would like to eat it and try it. And it's gone over well to have veggies and um, starches are rices on the truck and then we also have expanded to what we call our bowls so it's rice on bottom meat on top we have a pork adobo so it's pork cooked in soy sauce vinegar bay leaves whole peppercorn garlic another traditional filipino dish people love i would have to say that the pork adobo is our number one seller right now and then we also do a chicken binnacle dish so my aunt um my tita cecile taught my mom how to make it and she taught me and it's onions, tomatoes, lemongrass, ginger, and then you have chicken in there, white and dark meat. You cook it and cook it down. Make sure your chicken's fully cooked. And then you add straw mushrooms and coconut milk to it. And it's delicious. It's very good. Wow. Now I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I am super excited. Um, I don't know. So for my listeners um, that are listening, um, Meat on the Street will actually be at our Radio Summer event. They are our food vendors. So I'm looking forward to, you know, partaking in in what you just described. So I'm excited about about that. Um, Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the the preparation that you had to go through in order to start your business. Um, I'm curious to know, you know, if I were a person who was looking to get into the, the food truck business, what kind of things should I consider? Um, things to consider. A, the size of your truck is definitely one of the big ones because our first year we did a lot of street vending. We've now switched, switched over to more corporate lunches or events where we're asked to be at. We just feel like they're better promoted. Um, more heavily attended and less competition because they usually put a cap on food vendors. But our first year, we just sold on the street. 
you know, you're up and out the door by like 7.30, 8 a.m. to hopefully get downtown in time to catch a spot. But there's lots of competition. So it's a first come, first serve basis. And you want your truck to be able to fit in a parking spot because sometimes you have to parallel park it between two cars that have not given you a lot of room. So Mm -hmm. the length of your truck is very important. Um, Secondly, getting like the licensing, the permits, the occupational license is another thing that you need to get the ball rolling with. I thought we'd actually open three weeks earlier than we did, but we got held up with all of the, you know, with the health inspection, going through that, setting it up, going through it a couple of times to make sure that everything was up to code and done right. And then talking, um, with occupancy to make sure that was okay. And you have to, what they call rent a commissary kitchen. So it's a kitchen where you store your food, you prep your food, you fill up your water and wastewater goes. So you have to rent that, which we do through another local truck in the area. So finding that is like a little bit hard. You know, if you own a restaurant or know somebody who owns, they might let you work in there. But then again, you're taking up kitchen space and, you know, especially in a food truck or in a kitchen, like any little bit of space is valuable. You can never have too much um, in that industry. And then secondly, I really feel that um, uh, some people do it alone, which is awesome. I personally could never own a food truck just by myself. I definitely um, feel so lucky and blessed to have Matt, you know, just as a business partner, but also as like my sibling too to do this. Mm -hmm. Because on days where like either I'm exhausted or whatever's going on, he's there to help me and to push me and to make me a better person. And I do that for him as well. So it's, it's nice to be equals and have somebody to lean on through the process and be there for a lot of it from start to finish. Like he gets the things that maybe other like workers wouldn't get about the business and he's able to empathize with those, but also to challenge me to do more and be more. And it's, it's nice. I think for both of us to have each other as a resource. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what, what for, for, from the legal perspective, was there a lot of uh, legal hoops that you had to jump, you, uh, that you guys had to jump through? Um, no, just dealing with the city and their licensing um, division and getting your permits in order is the worst of it. Um, the city of Milwaukee is very supportive in their food trucks, which is awesome. So we're lucky. They're, they don't put a cap on how many licenses. Uh, they give out in a year versus other cities that I know do that, or they do a lottery system. So we're very lucky in the fact that Milwaukee is pretty easy. You just got to fill out your paperwork. You got to get it in. You know, you might spend a couple hours at the licensing office, but it's not the end of the world to operate for a year. Um, Other legal things is, you know, we just buy an LLC for your name or whatever you want your business entity to be, which is easy. You can do it all online. Google definitely was like, my number one resource when like before the truck opened, like when we looked at like what our truck we wanted it to look like, you know, what do we need? What don't we need? How do I do this? How do I go about finding that? I mean, it was just, I was constantly Googling it. The internet is an amazing resource and you can figure everything out. And there's like YouTube videos now that'll show you things too. So that was big for me is kind of just like getting to, see as many other examples as I could or, you know, read articles about how to best do this or what other people ran into or things that, you know, you wouldn't expect to encounter, but you may, that was how I went about figuring all that out. Gotcha. Um, Talk to us a little bit about how important it is to set up an LLC or I guess to, to understand the, uh, the organization of your business. So it it depends. Uh, the big part of it is definitely how you'll file your taxes will be based on if you're an LLC or an S corp or anything else. And then as you expand and grow bigger, um, that'll de- that'll also like depend on you know how like payouts will happen or workers comp or insurance or how your what rights your employees do and don't have. So it 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 can change as your business grows and as you may head in a different direction. Um, for us, the LLC was easiest just because it's limited liability. Um, We're a small business. We're starting out. I don't really want to pay thousands of dollars to, you know, just get my name and brand it and have, you know, the city or the state of Wisconsin view it as an official business. So that's why we chose to go with an LLC. Um, Now there's positives and negatives to all, but it it really just depends on your business, what's important to you and what you see in the future. Okay. So you mentioned that you have, let's see, your dad helps out, your mom, your brother, and yourself. Are there any other people that are um, involved in your your day-to-day operations, either um, on the truck or outside of the truck? Do you have um, accountants, business lawyers, any people like any people like that that are on your team? Um, we have one more. So there's three siblings. The youngest brother is at college right now, going to be an accountant. It kind of 
the business kind of helped shape what uh, direction he was going to take his career in, just to have somebody who really knew about it, went to school and got a degree in it. So he um, is like our accountant right now that helps us out. But we do have another accountant who, you know, files our taxes, takes care of, um, you know, um, getting all of our like profits and line and telling us, you know, this is what's going good. This is what's not. This is, you know, what I'd recommend you guys looking at to changing and here's why. So he takes care of all that. And then um, a guy I went to high school with became a lawyer and he's been really supportive and awesome about uh, helping me out and kind of giving me information, but not, you know, charging any type of crazy fees and just really wanting uh, to see us succeed and grow. So that's kind of what my resources have been. And when you're small business starting out, I mean, it's awesome to be able to have an accountant and a lawyer and, you know, have them at your disposal, but it also comes with a cost too. So it's really, um, it's really crucial that you figure stuff out on your own. And I also believe that you need to know like your numbers and you need to know what you're really getting yourself into versus like passing it along, especially in the beginning. But your time is also valuable. You're, you're also trying to be like the first accountant, the first lawyer that you like deal with and talk to so you don't spend as much money. Um, but then you also need to like run a business, do the PR, do the advertising, respond to people inquiring, you know, make the food, prep the food, sell it. So there's always a lot going on. Gotcha. So to that point, talk to us a little bit more about how important it is to be able to focus on the business. Um, as you alluded to, a lot of times, um, you know, small business owners are so uh, focused on everything else that, um, you know, they kind of lose sight of, of the actual business. So how important is it or how valuable is it that you're able to, Focus on the business. Um, I think it needs to be number one, and it's something I struggle with uh, to this day, really making sure, like, the brand and the business is my main focus at all times. Um, you you have to learn that you can't do it all yourself, no matter how hard you try, and definitely you want to succeed. You want to see success, and you want to see that your business is headed, you know, in an upward trend, and you're growing your name, your brand, your recognition, you know, your sales, your profits are growing as well. But as you grow, it's all this other stuff comes in and then all of a sudden you're sitting here and you've got like a to-do list, you know, to the ceiling and then some. And um, you have to learn how to, you know, build a team, I think, that supports your weaknesses. So my mom handles um, like our pre-accounting stuff now. I just, I'm one person, I can't do it anymore. So I gave that up to her and Matt really is the one who will help me even like grocery shop because that takes up like 15 hours a week. So we switch off doing like major grocery shopping errands and running. And, you know, I take the social media aspect of it, which is good. I mean, I try and do all of our social media, emails, phone calls. I do that. So I'm like kind of first point of contact, which is important to me because to me that helps build the brand. It helps build the business. And then when I'm at events, people are like, oh, I talked to Alexa. And then I'm like, oh, that's me. So then we're able to communicate, be on the same page and know what's going on. So I um, feel lucky that I have a team, also known as my family, who has the same goals as me that I trust and they support me. And therefore, I can like support the business and continue to push it forward into expanding and growing. Awesome. Awesome. If you're just tuning in, we're sitting down with Alexa Alfaro, with, from meat on the street food truck and we have talked about a ton of good stuff so far so if you're just tuning in you'll have to listen to the rebroadcast to catch up but um but we're, we're talking about a lot of, of of meat and potatoes see what i did there meat on the street meat okay that was my failed attempt <laughs> <laughs> at a, a joke it was, it was a good one it was the first time <laughs> so alexa let's talk a little bit about branding uh, and advertising and promotion um, how do you you guys handle branding your business? Um, social media is my big one. I mean, as far as branding goes, we you know we give out as many business cards as possible. Driving the truck around helps to promote us. Um, and then for events, I try to have like Matt or myself at least one of us on there just because we're on it so much and we were in the beginning to just be like the face and people recognize us or we recognize our regulars and make sure we, you know, talk to them, ask them how their day's going. I mean, we have people who will come to events and be like, I came here just to see you. So customer service and knowing those people and like their names and what they're about and what's going on in their lives is important to us. Um, social media though. Social media is an amazing tool. It's like free unless you want to pay money for it, which we have this year for the first time, but that's definitely been our biggest point of contact okay. and, that's what's helped brand our business is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
on Snapchat. I don't really snap enough. I kind of forget about it and don't have time. <laughs> but I would say Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are our three biggest branding tools that we use right now. Okay. Um, how big uh, is word of mouth for you guys? I mean, that's the number one. That's what gets people to the truck. So we have people come up. Um, the Filipino community we met, I believe, in our second year, and they had us to um, their business location. I believe it's in Greenfield. They do a free medical clinic, but they um, had us there, had us talk about our business. And it was awesome to be welcomed into the community, you know, whose culture and history we're promoting. And they love the food, too, so that was well-received. And we've got a ton of people from them. And it really is a word of mouth. And I feel like food industry, you can go online and read the reviews. But if somebody like, it's like a movie, somebody goes and kind of tells you, you, you get, you know, mixed reviews about it, but you're more likely to see it if you hear it from somebody whose opinion you respect and value too. And they're like, it's awesome. You got to go try it. Mm -hmm. And then you go, you have the same experience as them. And then you, you go and tell other people as well. So that's really helped us a lot. Gotcha. Gotcha. So talk to us um, a little bit more about customer service and how important that is. We, we've talked on previous shows about how some, you know, larger companies have seemed to, especially lately, have forgotten about how important customer service is. Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, well, I worked at a fine dining steak place for five years in the Milwaukee area, uh, the Chop House and worked for Marcus Corporate and they were all about customer service and making it right and what can we do for our guests so that their experience is always better than the last time. So I really learned how important customer service was then and there and I also experienced it firsthand as a waitress where maybe the food wasn't exactly what they wanted but if your service was good and you know you could make them laugh or you could take their experience to the next level and create a rapport with your guest, it, it made the dining experience better and that's something that Matt and I really try and value and pride ourselves in is customer service. I mean, when people come up to the window, we want you to feel special and Hey, we appreciate you even coming up. You may not order, but the fact that you'll even stop and take time to read the menu or look at us or ask a question means a lot. And then for you to come and purchase food from us means, you know, the world and then to get positive feedback is like the icing on the cake. So we really try with each customer to make sure they're happy. And if they're not, we're like, well, what can we do to make it right? We want to make sure that you're happy you know, with us and our business, whether you enjoy the food or not. So we really push hard um, to always be very, you know, gracious and humble and appreciative to every single customer, not just like, you know, giving a shout out on Facebook, but to have that face-to-face -face interaction. Um, and I think customer service sometimes is underrated. It's no different than when you sit on the phone and you're trying to get a hold of whatever your cable company or your wireless provider and you're like, this is A, taking a lot of time out of my day and you know, I really wish I could just talk to somebody and explain my problem. So we really try to make sure that we don't have those type of issues and that we're easily accessible and we're always willing to hear you out. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and I think, too, uh, there's something about when that's in, you know, when that's intentional for a company as a customer, you, you sense that and you get that feeling when you, um, like you said, mm -hmm. when you approach the truck and you know that they, you know, you care about their experience that really goes a long way. So, Alexa, I think I we're agree. coming right up on our first break here. So um, okay. I'm going to talk a little bit about the radio summer event we're having this Friday, August 5th, 530 to 830. Come on out at Fox River Park. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to WQYLDB Waukesha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road. Enterprise Now with LZ Flinnard. Your choice for business talk. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A battle is going on inside all of us, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil, anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other 
is good. Joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and life. This same fight is going on inside you and in every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Welcome back to Enterprise Now. I am your host, Elsie Flynnard, and I have with me Alexa Alfaro with Meat on the Street. And, we, and again, like I said before, we're talking about a lot of um, things that um, I think will help if you're an entrepreneur or you're a small business owner. And you're, you're, or if you're thinking about becoming a small business owner, we're talking about a lot of things that um, that'll help you out. So, Alexa, um, the next question I have for you is: help us understand how hard it is and how many responsibilities you have as the business owner. Oh man! If only I could keep track of a list. Um. It definitely is challenging um, and exhausting. I mean, Matt and I, full-time employees, but full-time for us means a minimum of 80 hours a week in the summer. There's just, there's no way around it. And, you know, we want to grow and expand and uh, we feel lucky enough to be starting very young doing this. So we definitely push ourselves. But um, if you talk to any of my friends, they know that during the summertime, they'll be like, "Uh, Lex, I know you probably can't come, but I want to extend you an invite. So, you know, you sacrifice a lot to... Um, start your business from the ground up to make it grow. But if it's something that you have a passion about and you believe in, it's it's so worth it. But it, it's it's a it's a constant struggle. I mean, I run business errands all the time, and I'm always business focused. And you know, even when I try to just like relax and be myself, I always have the business on the back of my mind. So <laughs> it's it's a constant. It's something that's more than just a career. It's like a lifestyle for us right now. So it. Twenty four seven. I mean, Matt and I start to have dreams about the food truck and like things that go wrong or like I don't know something we're stressing out about. So it like even factors into our sleeping time now. Mm-hmm. But it's it's something we love. I would say ninety percent of the time. So it makes it all worth it for us. Gotcha. I would say one of the things that people who are looking into getting into you know owning their own business or being becoming an entrepreneur. I don't know if they really have an, a sense for how hard it is and how much work it is. I mean, it's it's not for the faint of heart. No. <laughs> um, so you talked a little bit about why you chose this type of business, but help us. I guess let's dig in a little deeper on. I mean, because you could have you could have chosen to do anything, right? What made you choose? Mm-hmm this? Um, I guess a number of factors. Uh, I mean, growing up, we were always known as the food house. So food has always been love. I mean, if you came home and you weren't offered dinner, like usually for my dad, my dad was the big cook growing up. My mom has since caught up and is very talented as well now, but he was always the one who would cook for us. Like if he, he traveled a lot when we were younger for his job, but he would be gone for a week and a half and he'd come home and, you know, he, we'd give him hugs and tell him we miss him. And then he'd be like, Dad, can you make dinner for us, please? And he would laugh and he would do it. He mm-hmm. would work, you know, however many hours in a day, come home and cooking was his therapy. And we all gather around the kitchen and we still do to this day. And we're the type of family that the food comes out of the oven and we're already picking at it, you know, burning our fingers and mouths. It's like a little too hot to eat, but mm-hmm. it's so good. You can't wait. And everyone fends for themselves. So that was always um, a big part of my life. And my friends, you know, birthday parties, I would always ask for a big batch of pancet. And I would always ask for pork on a stick. And I would ask for lumpia. Um, they are a Filipino egg roll. I uh, have carrots, cabbage, onions, green beans in there. You roll them and you deep fry them. And we serve them with this, like, tangy dipping sauce. That's awesome. And I would always ask for the same thing on the menu, at least because my mom couldn't say no to me and be like, no, you guys are going to go crazy and make too much food. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been to a Filipino family barbecue, you know what I'm talking about. You, like, arrive and you're like, oh, are you, are you feeding the whole entire neighborhood and the other two next to you? Because it's just a buffet of so much food, but that's how my dad grew up. So that's how we grew up. And he would cook for us and you'd be like, Oh, there's five of you in your family. I thought there was like 28 with <laughs> the amount of food that was on the table. 
So it was just something that was such a part of my life, and I didn't realize how important it was to me or how different it was. I mean, when we were younger, you'd open up the fridge, and there might be, you know, a fish head as big as a football in there just hanging out because he was going to make it with a stew or something. I mean, that was normal to me. That wasn't, like, weird at all. (laughs) (laughs) Other friends of mine would come over, and they'd be like, what are you eating for dinner? What is this? And I would say middle school was kind of the turning point, like when I would hang out with them all the time, that they'd be like, what is that? What are you guys eating? And it was like, oh, you don't eat like this? You, you didn't start eating sushi in elementary school? So <laughs> that was a big reason, I think, why I chose the food industry, and it always made me happy. There's something about being able to make people happy with food that just makes me feel fulfilled. Yeah. It's kind of weird to say out loud, and like, I guess if you're a chef, you get it, but like, it's just like something that makes me happy. And then to promote our culture, um, my dad's 100% Filipino from Colocum mm-hmm. City outside Manila, and then my mom is Italian and German. Or German. Um, she's from Wisconsin, though. So it, to be able to promote Filipino food and culture um, in a positive way, and I feel like the food is such a big part. There's so much like love and history in mm-hmm. Filipino food it was kind of a no-brainer that I wouldn't choose that. And then the food truck aspect, um, we chose the food truck just because it's a low overhead cost, low daily maintenance. It was something that we could realistically financially afford and start up. And it was like, if it fails, it would suck, but it also wasn't as much of a commitment as uh, renting like a restaurant or, you know, buying a place and, you know, building it out. It was just a lower cost and food trucks, you know, the great food truck race was coming. The movie Chef had come out around the same time. So uh, people's awareness of food trucks was really starting to grow and they were, it was gaining a lot of interest and traction that it was kind of like, we were like, I think we should hop in and see what it's like. And that's kind of why we, why we started down that path. Okay. So you mentioned a little bit about, so I heard some strategic thinking in there, right? Because you, you kind of weighed the options of, of things that you could have done. And you said, okay, well, this is, um, there's some financial risk there, but it's not a huge financial risk. Talk to us a little bit about that and how, how that process was for you guys. Um, I mean, my dad was our big financial backer and it was definitely lots of serious conversations. Um, I mean, I was 25, so I was I'm five years older than Matt, who's the middle of the three siblings. So, quite a bit of difference between us, but, um, you know, there's lots of risk involved in investing in your kids and then having them have to build a business relationship as siblings who are five years apart. So it was a lot of serious conversations and just a lot of growing experiences for us. I mean, from where we started to where we are now, um, our, you know, we're able to rebound, you know, we take it seriously. We understand uh, how much money is involved and how much is at stake. And it's not that we didn't understand that in the beginning, but there's like so many other new experiences going on that I don't think you really get to grasp that until you kind of look back after you've made it like, uh, you know, a little bit long and it's, you kind of know what to expect that you're able to kind of sit some days and be like, wow, this was, you know, crazy and, you know, getting the financials to invest in this and having to figure out, you know, how much should you be spending on food? How much should we be spending in labor? You know, is this a wise decision to pay, you know, 15% to this event and hopefully it doesn't rain out? You kind of figure it out as you go, but in the beginning, it's, it's a huge risk. I think, you know, investing in anything, whether it's business, stocks, whatever it may be is a huge risk, but you know, you gotta, you gotta eventually just dive in and do it and hope for the best and, you know, pray that at least, you know, we we're always like, okay, worst comes to worst, we'll just sell the truck, you know, and we'll make some type of return back on it. So I, I guess that gave us a little bit of comfort. I don't know if it was like a whole ton, <laughs> but it was enough to move forward. So that's a positive. Gotcha. I mean, any, any, any business that you, that you enter in is going to be at risk, right? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, you, like you mentioned, at some point you have to, you, you can only plan so much and so long before you have to just jump in and, and do it and take the risk, right? Yes, um, I'm a big believer, and I mean, I, I researched as much as I could. I tried to figure everything out. You know, you want to be able to plan for every scenario and think that you're going to be prepared for anything that hits you, and I hate to break it to you, but that's not how it goes. <laughs> you're going to plan, like, a million scenarios, and then the one that you didn't plan for is going to happen, and it's going to take you totally left. So eventually, um, you got to you got to jump and finish building the plane on the way down. And it's okay to fail and it's okay to make mistakes. Um, it's hard to do though, especially like I feel like 
really stressed out sometimes about making a big decision and mm-hmm. I'm lucky to have a supportive family and team, but it's still like will stress me out to the point where either I'll dream about it or I can't sleep because, <laughs> you know, it's scary to not be able to predict the future. It's scary to be like, is this the opportunity we want to take? Will this take us to the next level we're interested in going? But you, you eventually have to just dive in and do it. And it's okay to fail as long as you fail forward and you figure out it, your mistakes, and you don't keep making the same repeated mistakes. And definitely being true to yourself, I think, and knowing what your weaknesses are, and then hiring a team that helps, you know, that gotcha. their strengths. Sorry, Alexis, to cut you off, but we got to go to a break here. We'll be back okay. right after this on Enterprise Now. You're listening to WTYLDB Waukesha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road. Enterprise Now with LZ Flinnard. Your your choice for business talk. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Sometimes you can try so hard at something. Sometimes you can be so, so prepared and still fail. When you say, when you are where you are right now and you say, I can't take this, I can't handle this, I don't want any more, this is driving me crazy, you are saying, I don't want to go any higher. Most of you won't be successful because when you're studying and you get tired, you quit. I'm here to tell you today, if you got somebody came to my office the other day crying, I said, look, don't cry to give up, cry to keep going. Don't cry to quit. You already in pain, you already hurt, get a reward from it. Don't go to sleep until you succeed. Listen to me, I'm here to tell you today that you can come here, you can jump up, you can do flips, you can be excited when we give away money, but listen to me, you will never be successful until I don't have to give you a dime to do what you do. How much time do you spend working on you? How much time do you spend every day working on your dream? In the last 90 days, how many books have you read? In the last year, what new skill or knowledge have you acquired? What kind of investment have you made in you? Keep your agreements. Keep your agreements that you make and establish a network of people who will also do that. You gotta have an insatiable appetite for success, all right, for knowledge. You gotta want it as bad as you wanna breathe. You gotta believe. Believe in what? Believe in yourself, believe in your dreams. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to me, I challenge you. Why do I challenge Because I know you can't. Listen to me, some of you, you're not even in the game. Can you do me a favor? Get in the game. You could be great if you just showed up. Get in the game. You want to be great. You want to do great things. You want to have greatness. You want to be great. I've often said a man's character is not judged after he celebrates a victory by but, but by what he does when his back is against the wall. So no matter how great the setback, how severe the failure, you never give up. You never give up. It's possible for you to live your dream. It's necessary that you associate with winners, that you work your system, that you are relentless, that you never give up. It's you. You've got to take personal responsibility. You've got to make it your personal business to make it happen. And you've got to resolve within yourself that I can do this, that it's hard. But you've got to say, I'm the one. I'm the one to make this happen. 
You're listening to WQYLDB Wakasha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flynn. Your, your, your choice for business topics. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Welcome back on Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. I'm sitting down with Alexa Alfaro with Meet on the Street. We've had a wonderful conversation so far. Um, and uh, one thing that um, I wanted to mention, that motivational piece that we just played, I, we've, we've run it on the program for uh, several several weeks now. And every time I hear it, it I just feel motivated. So I, hopefully uh, you guys out there that are listening feel motivated as well. I feel like I, I can just um, fight another day after hearing that. I'm like so encouraged. Uh, <laughs> so Alexa, um, we were talking at the break about um, a little bit about how decisions were made and um, some anxieties that entrepreneurs or business owners might have. And I'm curious to know, how do you guys make decisions um, with your in, in your group? How does is there a, a regimen or is how, how does that work? What does that look like for meat on the street? Oh, man, it depends. <laughs> um, Small decisions, um, definitely just go between Matt and myself. Um, usually, like, do you want to do this event? Do you think I can pack three events into a day? And hopefully you won't murder me for doing that. Um, stuff like that just stays between Matt and I. But larger decisions such as, like, you know, maybe changing equipment on the truck or, you know, adding a new menu item or, or like, just bigger decisions that maybe Matt and I feel, like, not comfortable making. Um, family. We do family business meetings. Sometimes, like, I'll print out a formal schedule or, like, when we're getting ready to change our logo, um, you know, we sit down and my little brother will either FaceTime or phone in and, you know, we'll put it on the TV and we'll all have, you know, a discussion about it. Sometimes it goes great and we're able to get everything done and make decisions that day. Other times it's like, all right, we'll have to come back to this topic another time. But um, we always include each other. I feel like uh, everyone within our family uh, has good points, has different points that brings up things that maybe Matt and I wouldn't be able to see. And I think it's important. And sometimes I'll even reach out to close friends or people that know the business well, and I'll ask them their opinion because you can have, you can never have too much feedback. And there's always another set of eyes that'll help you see something that you did not And I think it's awesome to be able to have that as a resource. Gotcha. Gotcha. So one thing that I'm, I was curious about, especially when, you know, when I first reached out and I was kind of reading your story, doing my, uh, my, my research, you're very young. Um, <laughs> Tell us how it you is being like uh, <laughs> being a young a young entrepreneur, right? Because that that's the thing, right? Uh, you know, a lot of of business is from you know dealing with people and, and life experiences. Give us a window into what it's like being a a, a young entrepreneur. Um, definitely, you know, being a young entrepreneur, I, we feel actually very lucky and fortunate. We meet, um, there's a one, uh, employee appreciation party we've done for two years in a row now, hopefully do it a third. Um, the owner, he owns, uh, like a freight business well, with planes where they take cargo back and forth, but he'll look at us and, you know, I'll be like, oh, this is what's going on right now. And he'll like tell me his stories of when he was young and He's much older in his life now, very established, successful. So um, I feel like people who have, you know, made it in whatever they define their success look at us and are like, oh, man, you guys remind me of my young years. And they, like, <laughs> tell us stories or, like, give us words of encouragement. And I feel lucky. And I don't I, – I, people are always surprised at how young we are. Um, but it, it, it's never been a problem where we're not taken seriously. And I think that being young, you just have to present properly. And maybe you have to have your ducks in a row a little bit more with certain people that you meet just for them to take you seriously. But I don't feel that as a bad thing. It definitely pushes Matt and I to the next level and helps us to challenge one another and grow more. Um, so being young, I think, is awesome. Uh, the other thing, too, is that we're both able to focus um, 110% on the business and not have to worry about other things right now. Um, our parents are super supportive and, you know, let us, you know, have very low expenses that we have to pay out, too, so that allows us to really just, like, 
throw ourselves into work and mm-hmm. it makes it better for that reason. Gotcha. Um, so the other thing I kind of wanted to mention um, while I, while I, we were um, talking was you um, posted a, a, an article on Facebook today. Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. that. That's exciting, right? Yeah. Um, first time being posted uh, by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. So that was exciting. And it was a different article. Um, it touched on uh not only the Filipino food trucking on the street, but also touched on like our Filipino experiences and our culture. Um, a big one is that like I have been fortunate enough because my dad lived in the Philippines. Um, I'm the only one who's actually been back there. I went in fifth grade. I went for what started out as a six-week trip. It rolled into eight weeks, and it was just eye-opening. And I mean, I ate street food then too, and it was like amazing to see. I saw one of the um, natural world wonders. It was this rice field that was huge set in the mountains. It was definitely scary trying to get there and the AC broke. So that was like a little hard for me to deal with, but like oh, the wow. sight of it was beautiful. And, um, you know, people here like, well, freak out about cockroaches. And I always like kind of roll my eyes in the back of my head. Cause I'm like, man, you have no idea what a cockroach is. Like in the Philippines, <laughs> there's hissing cockroaches and they're like massive. I mean, they're like half the size of like an iPhone five just for reference and they're everywhere. And like when you hit them, they splatter. So you've got to use somebody else's shoe. And like showering was like a big, large plastic bucket in a pot. And it was like cold water. It's like mm-hmm. 110 degrees out. And, and I mean, I didn't drink water for all that trip just because I hadn't grown up with it. So what was in the water would have made me sick that I drank Coca-Cola the entire time. Oh, wow. <laughs> I tried this delicacy called balloon. It's um, a duck or a chicken, like an egg. Um, it's an embryo that they grow to a certain stage and then they boil it. So it dies. And then you open up the shell. You're supposed to like take a shot of the juice, but that was not happening for me. But you <laughs> eat it like as is. And like once you pass like the mental thing, like I said, I grew up very differently. I didn't realize this, that, you know, as a fifth grader, I don't think most fifth graders would be willing to try it, but I was like, yeah, for sure, I'll, I'll eat it. It's, it's just like food to me. Um, gotcha. It was different, but I can't say that we're going to put that on the truck anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, you may, you may have so, a little uh, little trouble selling that one. Yeah, I, yeah. People always, um, if they know Filipino food enough and they know about Baluto, they'll always joke, and I'm like, I don't really need PETA protesting the food truck. I mean, hey, you know, <laughs> any business owner will be like, any press is good press, but I'm going to try and stay away from that kind of press for right now. Um, but it was cool to have that article and for it to touch on other points and other aspects of, like, the business um, that maybe we don't usually talk about. Gotcha, gotcha. Very cool, very cool. So, Alexa, you want to give out your um, your contact information so folks can uh, get in contact with you if they if they so, so choose? Yeah, um, I'll list three different forms. Um, big one is going to be Facebook. Uh, you can either send an inbox and I'll be the one to communicate with you. You'll just search Meet on the Street. You'll find our logo. You might see Matt and I's lovely faces on the page somewhere, so that's one. The second one is going to be by telephone. Uh, it's going to be area code 414-477-6717. Um, you can text. You can call whatever. Uh, definitely, I think the best way to reach me, though, and the one I check most frequently would be email. So it's going to be the name of the truck, Meet on the Street, and it's M-E-A-T. So it's Meet on the Street, and then it's dot M-K-E at gmail.com. And whatever inquiries, requests, whatever you want to ask, you can just shoot me an email, and I try to respond within like 24 to 48 hours. It depends on how crazy our schedule is, but I usually am emailing at all times. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, so I'll do the same. Um, you can contact me at info at info at WQYL dash DB dot com. Again, that's info at WQYL dash DB dot com. If you have questions, um, if you want to communicate directly with Alexa with Meet on the Street, that's fine. Or if you want to communicate through uh, to WQYL DB that's fine as well. Um, you can also go to our website, www.wqyl-db.com. So Alexa, I wanted to ask a question about um, community. Um, now, this event that you guys are going to be at on Friday is kind of it's kind of a combination of a celebration and a food drive. We've, you know, as I said before, we've partnered with Hunger Task Force to hold, hold this food drive. Are you know because feeding the hungry is is something that's important to us, and it's something that I think mm-hmm. that um, it's very important and necessary for us to do. Are there any other community organizations that you guys are either involved in or would like to be involved in 
that you want to that you want to share with the with the listeners? Um, I mean, we support uh, Alice, so it's the F A A W I S. It's the Wisconsin chapter of Filipino um, Filipinos in the area. So we've been supporting them, but we, Matt and I, like to support any event. I mean, whether it's like a kids lemonade stand, selling lemonade, we always try and go and stop and support any type of young entrepreneur. Uh, we've actually volunteered our time um, previously to the Hunger Test Force multiple times. My mom uh, donates her time to uh, an old people's home where she goes and helps out with bingo. So we're all about volunteering and giving back. So we really like to do any opportunities that come our way. We're big animal lovers. So donate um, time and money to uh, shelters as well is important to us. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I will tell you, if you're listening, my daughter is is a budding entrepreneur. She has dolls that she has an excess of and she wants to buy some American Girl dolls. So what she's doing is she's liquidating her old dolls in order to buy new ones. So offline, I'll send you her information. So maybe you can support her in that endeavor. (laughs) We'd be happy to post it on our Facebook page. And I'm sure there's people out there that would, you know, love to pass along their American Girl dolls. Awesome. Awesome. So, Alexa, we have about four minutes left, and um, I'd like to to give you an opportunity to share any advice, three pieces of advice or however many pieces you, you want to share um, of advice with uh, potential entrepreneurs starting out today. Um, first piece of advice is always work harder. Um, definitely when people ask me like what, what would I have done differently when I was younger or like when we first started, I would have, I would have worked even harder than I already did. You can always work harder. Got to push yourself. Um, every day that I like to impact my day, I'm exhausted by the end. I'm ready to go to sleep, but I wake up the next morning. I'm like, all right, got to do more. Got to be better. So always push yourself. It's amazing what you mentally physically and emotionally can do and handle when you really, um, allow yourself to reach your f- true potential in whatever field that may be. The second one is you got to plan, you got to research, you got to figure out, but eventually dive. Eventually dive in, be okay with failing, uh, let go of like, you know, fear and the anxiety that comes along with, you know, the unknown and be comfortable with being uncomfortable because I believe in any entrepreneur in business you're constantly uncomfortable. You know, every time I like kind of get comfortable where I'm at, another door opens and I got to walk through that one and I got to be ready for it. So that's another one. And the third is that, um, you, you know, when you work hard, doors open, opportunity happens and you got to take them as much as you can. You just, you take every opportunity and you make the most of it. And even if it may not be what you wanted, you know, it's always like, we'll go to an event and maybe we only sold to 10 people versus like 110 people. Mm-hmm. But of those 10 people, one may tell someone and then they're like, hey, you serve this person at this event. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a terribly slow event, but they told <laughs> someone about us. And then a catering opportunity came in and those are huge for us. So you take every opportunity that you possibly can. Those would be my three big tips of advice. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Alexa, Thanks again for being with us. I, I so appreciate you taking the time out. I know it's a Sunday evening and you're very busy. So again, thank you so much for being on Enterprise Now. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, and especially thank you so much for being a part of our event on Friday. I'm excited to taste the, you know, what you guys have to offer. And I'm sure, um, you know, the guests are, are excited as well. So um, thank you on both fronts. Um, I really appreciate it. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me and allowing me to share our story and our brand and our business. And we're super excited to be a part of this event on Friday. So uh, we look forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. It's going to be a good time. Um, I, I've watched uh, my, my daughter's dance team uh, perform a, a few times, obviously, because I'm always at her her events and they just do a phenomenal job. And it, it's really good to see them get out and get in, in, you know, in, into the community and for a good cause and, and just learning how to, to work together and, and dance in front of, of people, sometimes thousands of people and I and not bad and I so I know you're going to enjoy it 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 should be a really 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 good time that's awesome it will be I've done dance all my life so I'm super supportive of of dancers so I'm very excited awesome awesome well I'm going to wrap things up with a little bit more information about that event we're going to be at Fox River Park this Friday August 5th 5 30 p.m. 8.30 p.m. We're going to have Liberty Dance Center with us. We're also going to have Waukesha Extreme Dance Team. They're going to be performing for us. We're going to have food, 
meet on the street. We're also going to have another vendor there, Sunset Popcorn. They have great popcorn. Hopefully they bring some uh, on Friday. And uh, it's just going to be a wonderful time. We're asking that people bring uh, food items to donate um, so that you can help us do our part in fighting hunger in our community. Thank you again for listening. This has been Enterprise Now. I have I am your host, Elsie Flinard, and we will see you next week. Thank you again for listening. fantastic episode hey listen i want to know something what is the top concern that you have in your business is it sales is it marketing is it finance operations shoot me an email mayor at podcasttown.net i want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter